0: Welcome to episode 15 of the God Learner podcast, a podcast dedicated to reading and gaming in the mythical world of Clorantha. My name is Jörg. And I am Ludovic,
1: aka Lord Abdul. And today we have uh, a guest that we had previously, I think, on the podcast. Uh, welcome to Dom Twist. Hi,
2: Dom. Hiya. Hi, folks. Uh, good to be here.
1: Yeah. Um, can you... Uh, remind people who you are and what you're doing here.
2: Okay. Um, I'm Dom Twist from uh, Beer with Teeth. And I uh, I have written a few things with my friends with B, uh, with BVT, so Diana Probst and Erin, and uh, illustrated by uh, Chris. And also, um, I've helped uh, write some of the Chaosm books. So I've uh, I've helped write a number of things. Uh, I've got mm-hmm. some bits and weapons and equipment. Uh, we've got some stuff in uh, the Pegasus Plateau and things. And there's some other things that are on Chaosm's backlog that will be coming to you in the hopefully not too distant future but there's (laughs) there's another two or three things out there as well that are on their way
1: nice well um yeah congrats on all of those uh things being out or being in the pipeline for being out later uh and we'll have links in the show notes for people to buy yourself on on drive through rpg or on kiosium.com excellent and Uh, before we go into the main topic that we invited you for, we have some news, Uh, just a bit of news. We are recording this early August, 2022. So actually by the time you listen to this, uh, a lot of this news will be already very old. So if you want more up-to-date news, you can subscribe to the newsletter, the Journal of Runic Studies that comes out every week and that compiles everything that happens in the world of Glorantha or in the real world that you could use in the world of Clorentha. But what kind of important news did we have
0: lately, Jürg? Well, um, I'll try a bit with uh, past-future because at GenCon, which happens, I think, starting tomorrow, the day after tomorrow, uh, Chaosium will have uh, released uh, the physical edition of the Weapon and Equipment Guide in print. Right. So the the PDF
1: was released, like, what, December twenty-one well let's ask the author <laughs>
2: yes indeed December I think that was it uh, it's kind of interesting because this this might be the last one where we get this release of pdf and then the physical because I think they're going to release them simultaneously in future so that'll be interesting yes uh, they've
1: Said they were going to do that. And most recently, uh, Rick Minds, the president of Chaosium, uh, went online and explained some of the reasoning behind this change. Uh, you can see it actually in the latest issue of the Journal of Phrenic Studies. Um, you know, most of the, most of the reasons make sense, but yeah. It, it shows how bad the printing and shipping situation is right now with the pandemic and the war in Ukraine and, and all of that that somehow affects all this stuff. It's amazing. We also had the official dates for um, ChaosiumCon. Con. Uh, the tickets are going to go on sale pretty soon. I don't remember when they're going on sale, but by the time the thing is released, they will be um, oh, sold out. they will be probably sold out yes (laughs) uh but yeah cosium will happen april 13 to 16 2023 and it will still be in ann arbor michigan just like this year uh i was there this year it was fun i'll probably try to be there next year and
2: uh, dom are you planning to go i don't know i really wanted to go this year and i just i just couldn't do it with the timing and everything else so it's something i may look at doing next year and there's there's another couple of conventions in the uk that i'd like to have a go at getting to as well so that would be good yeah
1: Mm -hmm. cool what are what are the conventions that uh, you're uh, looking at?
2: Um, convulsion, which is, um, f- f- you know, very storied and Marine Quest stuff, Convulsion. Uh, and, <laughs> yeah, and also continuum. Dragon. Yeah, Convulsion. Uh, yeah, Continuum. Yes, you're <laughs> quite right. Continuum. <laughs> and um, also a Dragon Con, I'd like to go, get to.
1: Cool, yeah. Uh, Actually, for those who want to know a bit about the Convulsion Continuum relationship with RuneQuest, uh, Nick Brook actually wrote uh, an article on the Chaosium blog about (laughs) the 30 years anniversary of the Home of the Bold Freeform that happened at Convulsion 92. Uh, So people can look it up. We'll have a a link in the show notes, or maybe they already read it because it was also in the journal for Next Studies.
0: I think we just list the journals. (laughs) (laughs) (laughs)
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean there are still a, a few things people who are not subscribed mm-hmm. might um might still want to uh, know. There's a couple of major releases on the Johnston Compendium like um the Children of Haikim or Hikim I don't know how you people pronounce
0: it. Um the Prosopedia and uh, on the one uh, well of Galliev uh, says Haikim. Yeah, okay. But yeah, it's uh, it's a source
1: book on the Shunshun? 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 Yes. Yeah. The, um, the, the neolithic <laughs> animal totem people of Glorantha. Um, so lots of very expensive shape-shifting magic that you can never really afford.
2: Well, yeah, uh, I, I, I've known some some people who've made it work for them, you know, if they focus. Um, it's been quite interesting because um, both Chris and Dan from Bertie did some art on take yeah. some art on that yes. project yeah, yeah. and yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, brian who wrote this uh also provided uh an alternative magic which doesn't turn you into a divine beast but just into an ordinary beast for much less cost
2: oh uh, interesting yeah. yeah i do i do have nice. that but i haven't read it yet i'll be honest it's it's in my increasingly um, big pile of stuff I need to read for Glorantha which is wonderful <laughs> which is wonderful having been through you know through the 90s <laughs> and the, the noughties and where there was nothing and um yeah. or, or not a lot <laughs> this is this is really great that we now have uh more content out there than than I can easily read or keep up to really? and that's brilliant yeah. yeah is it great or is it too much though I think it's pretty good. I mean, I, well, I mean, if you go and have a look at what's happening on drive through for D and D or, or even, even dare I say it, and Mm -hmm. Nick will be around to beat me up uh Cthulhu. Some of the quality isn't there. There's too much. The quality Mm -hmm. isn't there. Um, I've seen very little bad quality stuff. In fact, I keep seeing stuff that makes me think, oh no, I've got to raise my game again. You know, we've got to do something, (laughs) got to do something even better. We can't just do what we did last time. It's got to be better this time. Um, And and if we keep, if we keep doing that, it's amazing quality. It's really good. So, you know, um, no, I'm not going to complain about quantity after after the <laughs> uh, after the what we've been through in the past. And um, yeah. I don't. Well, I was
1: I was I was not necessarily talking about the community content, but more about the um, you know the giant guide to Lorenta and source book and all the books and all that for for the newbies and all. I mean, it's different discussion, but.
2: No, that's a, it I think it's a fair comment. It's um, getting into it is. I think the starter set was really really good for giving people an accessible way in um mm-hmm. so what is you're right it's a really deep difficult to access in many ways world and i think you know now that we've as a community moved away largely from the old sort of you know celtic Viking tropes um it i think it's richer for it but it isn't it is hard It's hard for people to get in. And I think Mm -hmm. the Star Set was a really good place on that. I think um to see staring up at the shelves at the the massive books that are uh, you know i've got shelves and shelves of this stuff but i, I could see the 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 guide stare, sitting there looming um it's a beautiful thing it's a beautiful thing but um it can put people off and, and that's a shame because yeah. they should just dive in you know you can yeah. you can swim on the surface of an ocean you don't need to dive deep <laughs> <laughs> yeah
1: you'll have to show us your your shelves after the after the episode but anyway I, I will. um I will. but yeah children of High Kim, a source book for playing uh, Animal Totem People and uh, still in the animal it's a very animal summer uh, uh, the first volume of Duck Pack was also released yeah, for
0: yeah. all your duck needs well and um, the second has been announced to be almost ready so uh, by the time we, we are hearing this there will be two uh, books uh, from Duck Pack out cool there's never enough books about ducks uh, it's the joke
1: that never gets old. Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and last I'd like to highlight, there was a, a pretty good uh, video that James Coquilla posted on the Chaosium uh, YouTube channel, which is part of his interview series where he interviews everybody in Chaosium. And so this one was with Jeff Richard and it was about balance in uh, games. And... I put my comments in the uh, latest journal of Runic Studies. Uh, I've got uh, lots of thoughts about it, but it was still like a, a pretty good video. Um, it's much longer than the other interviews, and I saw it making the rounds on you know online in non-RuneQuest communities. So I think it um, it struck a little bit of a chord with uh, a few designers. So it's it's well worth the watch.
2: Mm, yeah, it's a good video. It's a good video. Yeah.
1: So, uh, main topic this month. Um, actually, uh, Jörg, you want to make your joke about the episode?
0: No, it's going to be boring. <laughs>
1: uh, yes, we're talking about giant boars. We are talking about the Tusk Riders, one of my favorite people on Gloranta, because they're so nasty and uh, dumb, apparently, is uh, one of the, uh, experts on this rider self, um, uh, well, not self nominated, but nominated by, uh, by Diana. I think she said like, ask them. <laughs> uh. <laughs> um,
2: I, I think it's cause I've written a few nasty adventures. Um, that uh, Dan has played in and um will as i said maybe coming out one day on drive through but um and i i actually killed one of erin's characters from bear with teeth with a tusk rider <laughs> um so nice. yeah um, that that's why i got nominated uh, as the tusk rider Expert in beer with teeth. I don't claim to be an expert generally, but um, yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe you can you can give us a few uh, uh, a few sneak peeks or trailers about your uh, your scenarios when we talk a bit later sure. about uh, how to put Tusk riders in your game. But
0: first, what are task riders anyway?
1: Yes, what are test riders? So, um, as always on this podcast, we um, we try to be newbie friendly, but not like completely newbie friendly. We are going to assume that you at least have the rule book and the bestiary, because you know I I don't know if anybody would listen to a Gloranthan podcast without even owning a book on mm-hmm. Gloranthan. I don't know, but uh, anyway, so we assume that you have at least uh, that the test riders are described in the bestiary. And just in case you have forgotten what it says in the bestiary, or you haven't gotten to that part yet, the 22nd version is that the Tusk Riders are people who are riding giant boars. They are ugly and, you know, orc-ish looking, troll-ish looking. They are mean and violent. They have very low charisma in terms of uh, the actual RuneQuest statistics. Uh, which means that they can have a lot of magic. So they kill people, trap their spirit, and use the magic that the spirit knows to complement the couple spells they have. Um, So I first want to talk about what would the average Gloranthan knows about the Tusk Riders? Mm. So what what you know your character might know or what an npc might know.
0: Uh, yeah. Uh, there's a good chance that one of your grand uh, one of your parents fought them in 1606. 1606.
1: Yeah. Is that the Prax invasion of the No, uh, the that's the,
0: uh, that's the boar hunt uh, which happened uh, on the eve of the wolf uh, rebellion. Okay, were there several boar hunts? Because there's another one in yes, 1620. Uh, uh, there's another one in 1622, but there was one in 1606. Okay, and where where was this one fought? Well, uh, where uh, where the task riders are uh, at or near the stinking
2: forest. Absolutely, okay, cool. Yeah,
1: yeah. So, Dom, what would uh, what would characters, average NPCs, and characters know about the task riders?
2: Well, for me, they know that they're they're evil um, because these guys raid and um, they don't raid like your neighboring clans do, um, you know, just to 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 show raiding or cattle raids. Um, because what the tusk riders are after is not just food and loot like um your rival clan or trolls or mm-hmm. or the lunars who are there to enforce peace. They also want to take and capture and torture people, you know, and because that's how they get their magic. Um so mm-hmm. these guys are driven Torture is, you know, not something they do for the fun. It's something they have to do to get their magic and it's part of their religion. So um, these guys are people who live close. That if you're in Dragon Pass or any of the areas where we normally play um, request at the moment, mm-hmm. and they are, are, are you know, not just duty-bound, they are religiously power-bound to come, <laughs> raid, torture, capture, and and take away, you know, people to to do things with. So, these are horrible, horrible things that happen on a very regular basis. So, this isn't <laughs> some, you know, uh, we hate those guys over there. These people are in your face on a regular basis. Hence the boar hunts. Yeah. You know, every now and again, somebody get banned. They're they annoying enough people enough that they band together and go raid the stinking forest, which I don't imagine goes too well. But, you know, that's what happens. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> mm-hmm. So why are they named Dusk Riders? Uh, Well, the boars, they ride these giant boars. So Mm -hmm. tuskers, they've got big tusks. It's it's again a central part of their faith. Each tusk rider is paired with one of these giant boars. Um, They Mm -hmm. are sentient links. So the parallels between um, the Black Horse Cavalry strike me because these are Mm -hmm. tied in that they have an intelligent demon-type mount that tied in. So these these guys are, are, you know, they're they're pretty epic cavalry when you look at them and you look at the stats and everything else. They're pretty epic cavalry. They're they're heavy cavalry, technically. They're heavy cavalry that can move unimpeded through forests now that's interesting yeah. <laughs> um, and, and mm-hmm. so I can't imagine that um, raiding the Stinking Forest goes well for anybody um, so, <laughs> um, yeah. but um, yeah. I, I see them as
1: a, a more like you know a stinkier and more evil version of the Shunshun because you know the the Telmori, for example they have their companion wolf yeah. and, and so and so and, and so it, yeah. like, they have their companion Tusker
0: well, uh, they're, but. Uh, they're a lot like Praxians, really, if you live on the Praxian border.
2: Or that, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're, yeah. They're, yeah. yeah. Um, absolutely. And so, you know, they're there. But the thing is, you know, you, the Praxians you can kind of deal with. You can do a deal with the Tusk Riders. You can do a deal with the Lunas. You know, um, sure, mm-hmm. you may choose not to, but you trying to do a deal with the Tusk Riders? Well, you might be able to hire them for a while, and you might be able to bribe them to go somewhere else. But <laughs> you know what I mean? There's There's no loyalty, and They will always be back, even more than the Praxians, who are always going to raid you. (laughs) Um, You know, they will always be back. Um, Yeah, yeah. and Uh, and also, also they they don't no no one Tusk Rider leader has the charisma to hold a big band. So you can do a deal with a few of them, sure, but there's always going to be others doing their own thing. (laughs) Um, Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, Well, there's one way to
0: uh, get the Tusk Riders uh, uh, united behind you you send a, a whole unit of soldiers to the bloody tar- uh, to the uh, ivory plinth and have it sacrificed there yeah. yeah yeah and i'm i'm pretty sure that it's
1: it's probably <laughs> common knowledge actually that yeah. the lunars did that in their invasion of prax right they they yes. had a big army of Tusk Rider mercenaries and they sacrificed an entire population like i don't know if they sacrificed like who they sacrificed, but... Uh, it, said, it says a militia unit. Right, so it, it's probably known, especially in <laughs> the anti-Lunar circles in Dragon Pass, that, oh yeah, Lunars, they're really nasty because they sacrifice their own to the Crimson Bat and to the Tusk
2: Riders and all that, mm. all to better steamroll you and blah, blah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and also, later on, um, they get used in the in the... I was going to say Lunar Civil War, but it's more the Tash Civil War. And they they get used up there as well, again, as mercenaries. So they're well known as being, you know, unprincipled evil mercenaries that don't keep their word for very long. Um, yeah.
0: yeah. And they breed like pigs too. Yep. So, um, yeah. So Rider Mother has a litter of 6 to 12 uh, young ones. Yeah. We might talk about this a bit
1: later okay. because I'm not sure people would know about that hmm. they just know about the raiders who come to their yeah, lands well, uh, right?
0: uh, they know how how, how uh, however many they kill they will be back in full strength uh, maybe 12 years later yeah 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 yeah
1: uh, off note <laughs> um i imagine that uh, the tusk riders might be also used as a bit of a boogeyman for several populations because As far as they know, you know, the Tusk Riders come in, they raid, they pillage, they torture, they kill, etc., etc. But a lot of those departed people's spirits are not reachable via, like, the classical uh, ancestors' spirit worship. Like, the shaman is like, no, I can't find him. And so... They, people would see that the Tusk Riders are just like riding around with a whole bunch of severed hands and tails around their belt. And so there are probably like a whole bunch. I mean, we know from, you know, reading the rules Mm. that, yeah, the Tusk Riders have magic to bind the spirit into the severed hands. And then they basically force that spirit to serve them. forever um, uh, using their magic. Uh, But I imagine that, you know, that information is a bit fuzzy from people. All they know is that you're going to be tortured, they're going to be carrying your hand around,
0: and your spirit won't be able to be... Not sure. I think everybody who participates in one of the boar hunts will have learned how to uh, release those. Possibly, but I still imagine that this is one of those
1: things where there's a whole bunch of misinformation and urban yeah, course, legends spread
2: everywhere. And so, yeah, and, and, and of course, under the, the RuneQuest ground role playing in rules, if you kill the person who does the binding, then that dissolves it. So, they're gonna know that if you kill a bunch of um Dusk Riders then a bunch of spirits are going to get released. You're going to know that because some of them will have popped back up as ancestor worship. So they'll know yeah. that if, you know, if your father, grandfather, grandmother gets taken by Tush Riders, that if you go kill a bunch of Tush Riders, you might, <laughs> you might... Release yeah. release them. You know, if you can catch that band and destroy them, you might release them. So, you say, we'll, whether they know the exact details, probably not. But, you know, it's,
0: it's yeah. well, you know. The good, the good thing about being captured by a task rider is that task riders don't have that much of a life expectancy. Yeah. So, <laughs> yes. it's, it's just a temporary uh, enslavement, uh, not like uh, becoming a severed head for a sonata.
2: Yeah, or, or getting fed to Yeah, but, to the,
0: bat. Yeah, but they, the the spirits
1: would still be able to um testify that the tortures that they yeah, underwent course. at the hands yeah, yeah. of the Tusk Raider was like absolutely horrible. Yeah. yeah. Um <laughs> because the Tusk Raiders have a special skill for that. Yes.
0: <laughs>
2: yeah. So yeah, the, the, these guys are bad to the bone. Um which is oh, yeah. Which is great as a GM. You know, they're great. <laughs>
1: When I, when I was doing the the, the research, uh, I ran across uh, the nickname for them, which you probably both know already, but that I didn't know before. Um, uh, that pe- some people, or some, well, some players, probably not people in Glorinta, but some players were calling them orcs and porks
2: yeah
0: yeah yeah, yeah.
2: yeah. I, I've, I've not heard that one before but it does tie in and it also ties in with some stuff that um orcs and boar riding was something that um you know was was a big games workshop thing and of course back in the day games workshop and charism did have a lot of crossover so there were there, there was ties in that yeah. and um you could argue that there's if you like, two forms of orc in Glorantha uh, in that there were the Tusk Riders right from the beginning who you, you can see as orcs and then, of course, when Games Workshop did the, um, the thing, the orcs were put into some of the things that were de-Gloranthified but only just so, you know, things like um, Griffin Island as opposed to Griffin Mountain had <laughs> orcs in it, which of course was a non-Gloranthan setting but they did exist in RuneQuest, you know so, how um, I can see that, and it, I think if you look back at the original gaming stuff, the, the original Tusk Riders way back, Ring Quest 2 were very sort of, you know, somebody's cut and paste. It looks, it looks very like orcs. But then they evolved into this whole other thing, which typical Clarantha, they took something pretty basic and made it something really quite interesting, yeah. you know, and different. Yeah.
1: Actually, uh, Yuri, you want to run us through the publication history of, um, of the Tusk Riders?
0: Yeah. Why not? Because um, what RuneQuest first edition already did was it took all the creatures that appear in the two board games, uh, Dragon Pass and Nomad Gods, and put uh, RuneQuest stats to them. So the Task Riders yeah. are in there because the Task Riders uh, appeared first in White Bear and Red Moon. Mm-hmm. Already with a temple uh, up there in the stinking forest and uh, with all the nastiness yeah. of requiring that sacrifice.
1: Yeah, you had to sacrifice stuff and people that were killed by the Tusk Riders couldn't be brought back or something. Like there was already like the basic elements of the, yeah, so
0: the Tusk uh, Rider. Yeah, yeah. Uh, they were pretty bad, uh, It's but uh, they weren't the only uh, such, ali- uh, such ali- aliens, so... You could, uh, could get Delecti by a similar method. <laughs> yeah. And I think the Hydra wanted to f- wanted to be fed, too. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, so uh, the monster section in the RuneQuest had them. Mm-hmm. Then the next big one was uh, in Borderlands, really. Which yeah.
1: Actually, Snakepipe Hollow had some wandering Tusk Riders. Yes. That you could... Like either fight or hire as mercenaries,
2: oh, and yeah, and, and, yeah and, and if you get into the sort of the the stuff that wasn't. Strictly charism around then. If you look at things like the Judges Guild, so you've got Broken Tree Inn, which was set around Snake Pipe Hollow, uh, RuneQuest Adventures, um, Stinking Forest issue, which was issue six, um, things like that. Um, they build on this because in there, the Stinking Forest and Snake Pipe Hollow, they build yeah. a whole little campaign around that whole area and around Broken Tree yeah. in, which was a Judges Guild thing. And you go through, and uh, there's a lot more where they become become a pretty regular bad guy there so that's that's all good stuff
1: cool but yeah probably the archetypal tusk rider stuff is in borderlands yeah yeah
0: uh, well the borderlands gave them a full page of description Mm -hmm. which is more than the guide does really
2: <laughs> yeah, yeah, abs- absolutely. And interestingly, um for the first time ever, I've just played through Borderlands. Uh um, nice. with uh with the chairman that I started that I started my character name up when I joined uh this, this uh, Zoom meeting tonight. Um we played through Borderlands in uh one of the beer with Teeth sessions playing the old content with Diane Eminger, and that's the first time I've played against Tusk Riders and everything else so that was that was quite interesting
1: oh, and of cool. course how did you uh, how did your shaman do against yeah, the Tusk Riders? Uh, pretty
2: good because he, he's a full-on shaman now um, and of course uh, he's a Dacofile shaman and that doesn't, you know, Tusk Riders don't go well with him. Whole, <laughs> so, yeah, that was, um, we did pretty well against them, actually. We, um, yeah. So it was, it was good fun playing against them as well.
0: But, yeah, um, oh. one thing about the Tusk Rider publication history is that there are only four, four or five original text uh, passages which have been reused over and over again. Yeah, so, yeah, that's true. So you yeah, find uh, the find you find the exact text from White Bear and Red Moon in the guide. You find the exact text from Worms well, Footnotes uh, number three, which uh, was uh, released in, already in nineteen seventy seven, also in the mm-hmm. guide. Yeah, and you find the baddies from Borderlands in the Pevis book for Re-Request.
1: Yeah, yeah, no, there's a there's a lot of uh, copy paste happening. So. Um... If you, if you have only a couple of those publications, you probably have most of what we know, although there's a couple of small differences. Yeah,
0: so what you have in the bestiary is uh, quite similar to what you have had in Elder Secrets, which is the second yeah. long uh, long description of them. Um,
2: I'm holding up my copy, you know. <laughs> With, <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> what, what I find interesting is
1: that uh, among all those bits of text that have been copied around, there is that poem... Uh, which we'll definitely talk about when we go into the the deplore stuff, yeah, uh, and the you know the secrets of the task writers and 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 all that. Uh, I don't know why that poem keeps being copy pasted all around. I don't know if somebody is very proud of this poem or if uh, if it's just like, no. There's, I don't know. Uh,
0: there's just too too many uh, unexplained uh, terms in there in there which nobody had the time <laughs> to work out.
2: I suspect it's All a right. Greg poem. I suspect it's yeah, a Greg it poem is, yes. and and therefore and therefore nobody who's um you know, people People know that Greg didn't hold things sacred. He was quite happy of disagreeing with himself on a regular basis. Oh yes. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah. Which which is good. Which is great. You know, um, if we didn't have that, we'd be you know we'd be in the same situation that D D got to with G- G- Gagax and Co, where they just didn't want to change anything, and things were <laughs> things were um, stifled. Um, but I think because it because it still fits, and because it is so there isn't this so little. I don't think it's that people Mm -hmm. are going to throw that out because it's such a useful, useful thing. Um, And
1: that that poem is in the RuneQuest Bestiary. So even people who just have the latest edition, they still have that poem. Yeah, It's uh, it's in the guide too. Yeah. Yeah.
0: (laughs) Another important source, which doesn't really say much about the Task Riders, is Trollpack. Trollpack? Trollpack, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Mm. Which uh, plays big on the rumored uh, half-troll origin of them. Mm-hmm, yep. yeah. But then the half-troll uh, mentioned was already in uh, White Bear and Red Moon, so it's very
1: old. Yeah, it's a bit, it's a bit weird. And that, uh, that's, you know, we'll get into that very shortly, but that's also what's fun about the Tusk Riders is that there's lots of rumors and nobody really knows where they came from.
0: And so. then we get some, well, Troll Pack gives us uh, some uh, moment of history when the Tusk Riders fought the trolls in the, uh, during the inhuman occupation. Mm-hmm. We see more about that in King of Sota mm-hmm. yeah. and even more of that in uh, The Smoking Ruins. Right. Which yeah, there is. isn't that much of a spoiler because uh, the name comes from that myth or from that story. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, later on, we learned a li- little bit more about the humans, uh, which started the whole thing. Yeah. So... Just to wrap
1: it up, of course, the probably the the first encounter that people will have with Tusk Riders, at least those who play the new edition, is going to be in Defending Apple Lane in the Game Master pack. Uh, yeah. It's the pretty much the first scenario where um, the small uh, village of Apple Lane is uh, about to be attacked by Tusk Riders. So, there. Yeah.
0: Um and they don't come all the way from stink from the stinking forest either. They are living uh, rather close by. Yeah,
1: and I mean like the Tusk riders, they they're a bit everywhere. Yes. So they don't they don't necessarily all live in the stinking forest. There's a whole bunch of them just wandering around randomly. Uh they raid and pillage and camp anywhere, so you can you can drop them on unsuspecting players anytime, which I'm sure Dom did. Location
2: absolutely, absolutely, <laughs> they're, they're great just if you need a random <clears throat> bad guy and what's great about them is if you're if you're a bunch of heroes or want to be heroes or you know you're looking after your clan or whatever else you can't ignore tusk riders on your turf you can't because you know yeah. they will come and torture and village <laughs> and and if they've already done that then you need to go free those spirits um yeah. so you've got to hunt them down you can't leave them be you know and you can't yeah. buy them off um, easily easily.
1: <laughs> well, I mean, you, you can buy them off, but you have to give other people to be sacrificed yeah. and tortured.:
0: Usually you have some neighbors you uh, would willingly give over.
2: yeah so they're, they're great for in- introducing drama and causing conflict, which is always great, you know yeah. and and there's other things as well that you can do with them which are which are really interesting.
1: So we'll get to how to use them in play, uh, but first it's time for some uh, wild bits of theory crafting and uh, and making up, you know, fake history and stuff like that. Everything I assume that a whole bunch of what we're going to talk now uh, about is semi-canonical at best. Sure. And one thing that people need to remember is that well, first, there is a whole bunch of conflicting information published in materials about the Tusk Riders, which is, you know, one reason I like them. Uh, and second, the Tusk Riders themselves in, in the world, they are liars and cheaters and they boast about things and, and they, you know, say things that are wildly exaggerated or even completely invented anyway. so Or, uh, or totally true,
0: which is more even more disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah so everything
1: we're going to say uh is going to be taken with a big bunch of salt yeah. but everything that the tusk riders might say in the world is also to be taken with a healthy dose of salt so dom what would the game masters and uh like what 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 is the origin stories and the, the history of the tusk riders
2: okay so um well, first of all, and there's the stuff that we've talked about a bit, that semi-canon um, or, or what we go from canon And originally, there was a human hero whose name I'm not desperately going to have a go at pronouncing. Aram Yodram. <laughs> That's him. Uh, Aram Yodram? Yeah. yeah. I don't know. And, and this was a we'll great... we call him Aram. Aram. Aram, uh, a great hero before the Long Night, so we're, we're talking back before the, de- the, the, the death of the Elm, and one of the things he did, he was he bound this darkness spirit to himself. Now mm-hmm. this is the demon, the darkness demon that forms part of the trilogy along with himself for Tusk Riders. Now that was the back before the great night. So that's, that's interesting. Mm-hmm. And then later on after the night, he was still around. So we're talking about an immortal hero, of great power, um, but they meant, or- well, they mentioned he was still old, but a great fighter, and then and this ties back into the defense of Apple Lane that we just talked about a little while ago, and that scenario pack because Analda sent a great pig to exact vengeance. Now, this is yeah. also mentioned, of course, in the uh, the GM pack scenario with um, mm-hmm. the similar type of. Um, Pig there, and I'm going to give away a few secrets in the middle while of what I've done with this. And mm-hmm, he, nice. he thought that pig and managed to, to to use his darkness spirit, this demon. So can can found. you say quickly why that pig was sent and? People had annoyed an elder by not worshipping her properly, not propagating prop- her correctly. And so she sent this great pig to exact vengeance upon them, which we see again in the GM pack for RuneQuest, where another great pig is sent. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. uh, this is obviously something and you've got command swine as an announcement spell. So, you know, this is one of the things that um if you if you piss an elder off, she's gonna send a, a giant boar to to give you a good thing yeah. to which it has ties back to Irish mythology and everything else, which is really interesting. Interesting. So anyway, he captures this pig spirit and then binds it to him as well. This is sort of very typical activity of heroes, binding multiple foes to themselves, which is interesting. And that forms the Triumvirate. And then I would say, I would say that he took his people and in the events after the Long Night, with the Empire of Worm Friends and everything else, he bound his people to him and he requested in such a way, this is my take, that he made them the half-trolls because he was fighting trolls. So maybe he wanted some of the powers of trolls. Um, he was very powerfully magically. He had his two great ally spirits or bound spirits, the darkness demon um, and Gouger, the pig. Now, mm-hmm. what's interesting to me and what can be useful for this going forward is, yeah, we have another one of these pigs in the area of Apple Lane. So maybe that's what they were doing there. Maybe, maybe that, that big, that great big pig is holy to them or maybe their leaders trying to bind it to them mm-hmm. um, and, and, and emulate the project. And that's what happened in my follow-up scenario to the defense of Apple Lane, which may or may not get published. We shall see what happens. But, um, yeah. and yeah. you know, a great target for an aspiring war leader, rune Lord tusk rider is that big. <laughs> <You know>? Yes. <laughs> yes. So okay yeah
0: uh, the scenario actually uh, does uh,
2: make this, these connections rather explicit yeah 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 Exa- exactly so so um, you can do that and also of course there are things that you know Tusk rider bands don't necessarily like each other very much they they're, they're, they're semi friendly but you know you can only raid so much turf but if our players in the of apple lane when we first meet them have um have killed or otherwise defeated a bunch of dust riders we all know if they'll be back Um, So if if I remember in that
1: scenario, you know, of spoilers, but that's fine. People can skip ahead. Uh, So if I remember correctly, they worship that big boar out in the woods as an incarnation of Gouger. But it's also, I think, from that big boar called Red Eye. Yeah that they actually breed their tuskers. Yeah, right. absolutely.
2: So right. interesting links. So that's what they can be doing in the area. But also that's yeah. that will bring other tusk riders to the area. So if you've got a, a player who's now playing of Apple Lane, good for them. They've got, a, they've got a. That was my wife downstairs shouting because she's playing Apple lane in our game. Um, <laughs> um, then you're going to have a, a recurring Tusk rider problem, that even more than other people do. Uh, unless yeah, you,
1: you know, yeah, you don't want you don't want test riders to get cozy in your yeah. in your neighbourhood.
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. So you know that's something that's going to happen, um, and it's a really interesting thing to play with and do with those things. So yeah, and you've got these it, you know, you've got a typical hero questing powerful now immortal style lord now they've ascended much like Sarthar did. So, you know, you can see this is just to the north of Sarthar, you've got another um immortal um apotheost evil Thing right there in the stinking forest. He's <laughs> right. he, he's yeah. built a faith from raiding, So they're gonna be coming oh, for you. No 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 yeah. no no. Now you're bad mouthing
0: good old Aram uh very badly yeah. because <laughs> good old Aram was the human representative on the World Council of Friends. He was one of the mm-hmm. peace bringers at the dawn. He's a good
2: guy. Hmm. <laughs> Did he end up that way? Elector was a good guy, one day. <laughs> so how about
1: I'm going to explain my Alpha Ast theory behind the Tusk Riders uh, because it's probably also straightforward. And then we'll let um, Yuri explain his uh, his theory, with, which will probably require many more questions and explanations because I know he went into some deep lore stuff. Uh, <laughs> so, indeed, there is this hero, Aram Yaudram, who came... From the god time, like he was a hero in the in in the god time, but he was still alive at the dawn. So he actually became uh, mortal because yeah. he died eventually. Um, so as far as I can tell, he had a bunch of people with him called the Aramites because from his name Aram, uh, and they were living in some place called Paratinkorbel as per some weird old broken council maps in the guide. Um, so it was like their settlement, which is located where the ivory plinth is right now in the stinking forest, only back then it was probably like a nice forest mm. and a nice Orlanti, um village. Um About 400 people at the dawn, uh, it says in the guide. So the way I see it, he is there and he is um a hero. He helped his people survive the great darkness by uh, binding this unnamed darkness demon. And so they worship him and they worship Orlanth and all that. And everything is all good. He represents the humans on the Unity uh, Council of the First Age. So, you know, they're, uh, they're pretty well regarded uh, at the time, I imagine. Then a bit later, during the First Council, so early in the First Age... Um, there is indeed this whole thing about like some people who uh, disrespected the Earth, they started growing complacent, and they stopped worshipping Ronaldo Ar- correctly, apparently, in some way or another. So she sends this big gouger uh, boar, and like Dom said, uh, Aram just uh, gets rid of him. Uh, interestingly enough, it sounds to me like he tricked that giant boar gouger using the Darkness Spirit, but lost the Darkness Spirit at that time. The Darkness Spirit disappeared into a void of chaos, it it says. Uh, Again, you know, maybe it's bullshit, maybe it's true. Uh, But there is a couple of sources that say that the Darkness Spirit got killed or sucked into a a void of chaos. So, yeah, something to put aside. Where Gouger died, he took his big tusks and put the tusks on uh, there in the ground, uh, which is where the tusks are still there in the ivory place to this day. This gave them magic to tame the boars in Dragon Pass. And so the Aramites, which I imagine were just like, you know, or lengthy people, who um were not very good at um doing agriculture apparently, because Aronalda got pissed off so now they figure and that's again my theory they figure that well you know instead of being uh farmers because they're apparently not very good at it they're going to start riding those boars like uh, uh, breeding them and riding them and they become i imagine some sort of semi-nomadic uh yeah. tribe that rides boars around dragon pass and 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 starts going on you know, being mercenaries and all that. But at the time, they're still good people, more or less. You know, they're, they're still like humans who ride boars and, um, and they are, um, you know, descendants of this big hero that is still probably uh, well-regarded at the time. But uh, Aram dies at the end of the First Council. Second Council is probably when they start spreading as, as this semi-nomadic uh, mercenary tribe. Uh, and they try to uh, worship Aram, who is now an um, ancestor. The darkness spirit, however, is hard to get to. And so they talk to the... Um, uh, um, eventually, they talk to the Empire of the Worms' friends about um, getting back that darkness spirit that disappeared. And this is where my wild theory happens, is that um, some crazy sorcerer from the Empire of the Worms friend said like, oh yeah, but you you need to better be one with darkness stuff in order to get back your ancestor darkness spirit. So let's do some crossbreeding program. Uh, And I imagine you know, some sort of mad scientists, um, you know, yeah. uh, uh, sci-fi stuff with, you know, many experimentation rooms. If, if I may, yeah. for,
0: an, uh, for a little moment, we know that uh, some, some of that stuff uh, went on in the yep. EUF, EWF. There are rumors that it happened. No, no, uh, there's Remake Arella. Yeah. The place which oh, uh, right. which yes. made uh, the centaurs, the minotaurs, the satyrs, uh, yeah. name your beast. Oh. So, yeah.
1: Yes, we, we know that they did weird crossbreeding pro uh, uh experimentations. Yeah, not, not, just We're cross-breeding. not sure
0: They built chimeras. They took parts yeah. of one thing and parts of another thing and put Yeah, them they they did DNA splicing.
1: <laughs> yeah. To um, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And and so this is where I imagine they did it. And but then it went wrong because you know that's always what happens in the movie where you have the you know the big mad scientist laboratory financed by the army uh, by the U.S. Army and all that it goes wrong and the you know the twelve subjects that were in the in the experimentation rooms uh, probably you know uh, escaped or or turned evil or whatever and that turned into like the legends of the Tusk Riders that they had twelve uh twelve kings or something and and an and emperor on top. You know, I imagine some sort of um you know Akira Type thing where they all had numbers in the, in the, <laughs> in the, in the scientific rooms. Yeah. And it's just like, Oh, number one and number two. Number one is super powerful. Um, and eventually yeah, they escaped the, um, the dragon betrayal happened at the end of the Emperor Dragon friends and they started trying to clean up all those bad experiments, but they didn't kill all the Tusk riders and the uh, Tusk riders survived. And now the Ivory Plinth is just like, they basically all of their old rites about sacrificing to the earth to appease the earth and and um, and tame the boars basically got corrupted by all this and um, probably at some point they started sacrificing people yeah. instead of just pouring wine and and it went all bad so that's that's my theory of how it happened.
0: Well, Dom, what's your t- take on that?
2: Uh. Yeah, I, I quite like it. Um, I quite like it as a fear. I could see, it, I could see it happening. Um, my only, my only issue with that is, is the, the corruption that feels much more like chaos um, rather than the tent to evil. I, well, I, I, I th- don't
1: forget that they were trying to get back to that uh, darkness spirit that is part of their creation myth. Yeah, and again, I've got a source. Uh, I think it's I'll. I can't tell you exactly which source it is, but it does say that the Darkness Spirit disappeared
2: into a void of chaos when yeah. Gouger was killed. Which to me, that ties into somewhere like Snake Pie which is right there, right on the doorstep. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, it, yeah. it, it it's right there. Um so I, I could yeah. see that being involved. And uh, you know, maybe maybe um the darkness spirit lured the Gouger into there or something, or uh, whichever way. I could I yeah, it could be hang together. Um I'll be honest, I don't dive deeply into that. So what I'm I'm more concerned about is using them as imminent bad guys. But yeah, that plots there. And the thing is, and this is uh, it's one of those great and things, isn't it? Is yeah, sure, we know the Emperor of the Worm did do splicing like that and and create things like monitors or satos. But also, monitors and satyrs were also created other ways as well, yeah. and so <laughs> yeah. so um, all things can be true. So this things yeah. could absolutely have happened, and absolutely it could have been hero questing for powers against trolls, and it could have been something else, and it yeah. could have been something else, and yeah. all those things yeah. could be true.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, that's... And, and
1: and again, like all of those deep bits of deep lore yeah. are basically useless as as long as you don't put them in a game. Yeah. Uh but it's just like um so I came up mostly with it because I would really like my players to stumble upon an old experimental oh, yeah. complex of the EWF with you know yeah. numbered rooms and horrible <laughs> uh you know the, the 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 classic stuff where you find the records of the experiments and and you know the doctors' journals. It's very resident evil isn't it? Exactly. Well, which is absolutely, absolutely
2: yes. spot on. Yeah. Which is really cool well,
1: I mean yeah. well, if um, if you need to know one thing about me is that all my scenarios always end up being a horror scenario at, at some point so yeah it's uh, anyway York. yeah well uh, uh
0: you're not uh, very much of the, the more canonical uh, path i wanted to go if you look at the uh, the guide where the survival site is mentioned there's another similar site there which is called M- mralotheni it belongs to the mm-hmm. harranding tribe uh, whose uh, nobility rides uh, giant tusker boars. Uh, where, where are those? Uh, page 711 in the guide. <laughs> uh, no, no, I mean geographically speaking. Uh, okay, uh, the Harranthinks are um, in the northeast of Asrolia, in Asrolia actually. In right, Azrulia. okay. Yeah. And uh, they're on the way to, Slo- uh, to Maneria, which is uh, the homeland of the Entruli, another pig people. Right, the Andruuli
1: are uh, another bunch of boar riding yeah. people.
0: Yeah, the Andruuli are interesting because they are one of several tribes, maybe twelve tribes, maybe eleven uh, of the Andruuli, who are descended uh, from the pig mother. Right. Uh, so it's it's interesting because
1: when you pointed it to me before yeah. the episode recording, um, that indeed, like one of the um, truly or whichever I into, else, like yeah. I always mixed up, but yeah, the yeah. the the king of those people was married to the sow wife. Yeah, um, I read sow as like you know she's an earth priestess who helps um, sow the the fields, uh, and it's only yeah. just after that I realized that sow is also a word for uh, swine and yeah. pig. Uh, yes. So there's some some double meaning there yeah, that uh, I didn't well, catch originally. I,
0: I did, yeah, well, I, I think that the Mralotti, uh, do some gardening. I mean, pigs do. <laughs> <laughs> yes.
1: Look for truffles.
0: So, uh, and uh, the farmers in Ramelia now are even uh, more primitive uh, mraloti uh, who have been uh, coerced uh, to do the farming there. Okay. So there's lots, lots of pig stuff going on in Mandiria. Okay. And Jeff uh, put up some stuff in the Well of Darius, which I'm going to link. Yep. Uh, which uh, indicates that our good friend Aram went there with one of the missionaries from the Entruli tribe to clean up a problem after the Entruli king had done some very horrible things. Mm-hmm. Part, of the, uh, part of the things he did uh, caused his uh, capital to drown uh, which now exists only in an air bubble below beneath the warm sea, but other things happened there too and it's possible that the entire thing that angered the earth uh, priest earth goddess happened over there in Slantos. Mm-hmm. and we know that Aram went there to aid his friend who uh, from the other pig tribe and he may uh, he may have uh, started hunting the boar there and have caught him only caught, uh, caught only at the ivory plants. right Yeah,
1: that uh, makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so it it means yeah, he he would have chased or lured Gouger all the way from Menoria to
0: that poem that you uh, mentioned uh, says uh, that Gouger destroyed uh, cities Mm -hmm. on his way, and uh, this uh, one story says that it was a really long rampage and uh, a a really a major emergency, which uh, Aram ended with his slaying. Mm-hmm. So I think those uh, those events might be more linked than uh, I previously understood them. Yeah, it, it would make sense that Aram,
1: uh, you know, failing to catch Gouger, figured that he would make a trap where the Aramites are because he knows the ground, so he 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 knows he knows there and he can set up a trap.
0: The uh, One thing uh, that I'm uh, I'm having trouble with is the timing. Because um, yeah. if, if we assume that the nobility of the pig people uh, wrote these wars, then mm-hmm. the people who followed uh, Aram would have been only of the nobility of this tribe. So naturally, uh, they don't know anything about agriculture. They know about hunting. They know about killing people. Sure. What's the problem? Yeah, no. Uh, yeah, the problem is uh, that these people wouldn't uh, wouldn't be able to do any kind of agriculture. Or so, so they have to become hunters and raiders. Once they settle down at the uh, their place. Okay. So it's it's a bit hmm. uh, it's a bit similar to the Agimori, uh, to the man and half who left Taylor, not to farm and garden, but uh, to hunt chaos.
1: Hmm.
0: It's the same story again.
1: Okay, yeah.
0: Only in this case they hunted that big pig, caught it, and uh profited from that.
1: <laughs>
0: cool. And they weren't uh, they weren't that evil yet. They were feared in combat. Yeah. Um, we have uh, three names of uh, task rider leaders or war uh, rider leaders. We have uh, a king uh, of them uh, at the Battle of Night and Day, where they form the center of the Orlanthi contingent, mm-hmm. and that guy is called Oldswine <laughs> <laughs> A Bit on the nose, but yeah. Yeah. So that's <laughs> around uh, 378, I think. Okay. Uh, then we have uh, the big Empire of front hero in the Machine Wars, who was a really nasty guy uh, named Varankol the Mangler. Okay. And he already had tusks. Uh, he uh, rode a tusker, of course. He had uh, two nasty axes, uh, which he had named, and people prefer to be uh, killed by those axes rather than be caught by him.
2: Mm. Mm. So at that point, they've already turned to the bad things.
0: Yes, but at the same time, they are the elite defense force for the EWF. They're fighting the God Learners at all fronts. Mm-hmm. Uh, in Raelios, in uh, Maneria, uh, at the, uh, the Clanking City. So they are really, uh, well, uh, the bad superheroes. <laughs>
1: mm.
0: well, and we have a third name. Uh, that's when they turn really bad, and that's Karastand Half-Troll. Yeah. And he's the leader of the, well, uh, the texts say the giant uh, boar-riding trolls of the uh, of the Rockwood Mountains. Mm-hmm. And I have a theory that that might actually be the case, that uh, he started out as a troll, but he is a distant descendant of Harand Bordik, because Harand had to give one son up to a troll ally. Okay. And Harren was was one of the kings of the. Uh, he was he was one of the guys at the Arrowmount uh, story. Yeah. Right. Which I uh, which I will link to as well.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'll have to put all the references yes. so people can follow. I said it was deep lore bullshit.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, my idea is that this son of the Boar guy was adopted as a troll, had children who lived up there. And who somehow inherited the boar riding. Mm-hmm. So uh, that's how we get these boar riding trolls up there. And then we get the uh, inhuman occupation and all the people, all the humans and the dragon pass are exterminated or forced to flee. So in, in this story,
1: because like, you know, I'm always trying to figure out how you could use that in a game, because again, it's not very useful otherwise. Uh, because in this story, it sounds like Basically the trolls let the tusk riders happen because they, they received this human who started having kids among them and effectively creating this, this half troll tribe. So they, you know, they might spread the rumors that it was the EWF who created them or whatever. But deep down, they know that they let it happen. It happened on their turf. And now they have, like, maybe some of them have this desire to fix the mistake.
0: I, I do think I do think that they adopted the sort of human uh, boar riders under this half crawl and uh, pulled a similar stunt to uh, Ironhoof, who later adopted the pure horse folk of uh, Prax as the Grazers.
2: Yeah. I mean, to, to to me, and this is an interesting one, is that we know that the tus- tusk riders have magic to convert people into a tusk rider, and we yes. know they fought the trolls. So I think they, it, it, you know, it doesn't work just on humans. I think <laughs> they, they, you know, they they can convert trolls. So, and I've certainly made use of that in my games. So mm-hmm. you can, uh, So you know, just because you're you're used to expecting sort of what you're expecting for test riders as being the average. No, they might have converted other stuff as well. You could have trolls, you know, what, do you want to think about, um, you know, a cave troll test rider? Do you want to think about, um, you know, other things that might have happened? And yeah. t- test riders have an ability to um, transform other things. And, you know, it's very much... Um, by torturing people and breaking them and then bringing them back as tough riders. I mean, you know, the vast majority end up being fed to the pigs, but (laughs) um, some get transferred. So they could have anything. And also their ability. um, And this will come into it a bit, when we talk about how you can use them. Um, They have the ability to have all kinds of different magics because it all depends on who they've been fighting and who they've beaten and who they've maybe transformed into allies. And that can be really interesting. Yeah, 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 yeah. And about three years ago, there was an interesting
0: thread on uh, org, mm-hmm. which uh, talked about task rider uh, adoption. And, oh, okay. And uh, one of the things uh, the rules say is uh, that on occasion, the task riders will allow one of the captives to try and become one of them by facing a, t- a tasker bore empty-handed. Exactly. Yeah, so exactly the, the that. initiation
1: for non-Tusk Riders is that you have to subdue a Tusker barehanded, but that most of the time they do it as a joke just to see somebody get mauled but, by but it.
0: But on, on the other hand, if you really succeed and now you have a Tusker uh, tus-
2: uh, mount of your own, aren't you a Tusk Rider already? i think so i suppose yeah i say so and i say that that transforms you which we know was used in the the dragon pass computer game and (laughs) i've used a similar theme where somebody manages to beat one and then they start turning and you know, mm-hmm. is that an issue? then the Tusk Riders want the back. And then do your local people want them? Very well explored in the Dragon Pass game, which I know isn't um that's a different older period. But um that's like a that's like um good story. Alternative history Glorantha. Great story, and it's a great storyline.
1: So 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 you mean like somebody who acquires a Tusker and yeah. then becomes a Tusk Rider killer? Um person like turns against the
2: the Uh, Tusk Riders? Well, yes, they can do that or they can go the other route of being they're being persecuted to start driving to evil. Is, you know, is that what happened to the Tusk Riders? Were they, you know, were they persecuted because they became other, they became this other thing. You know, they were half Troll, half Tusk Rider, they had Tusks, you know, (laughs) they looked bad, they're raiding a lot of the time. So (laughs) do you get (laughs) into a cycle of vengeance there where, you know, yeah, they're sure they're raiding, but then a lot of people were back then but because Maybe they, if yeah, they took a bath once they, in a yeah, while, yeah, yeah, that would help. <laughs> well, yeah. you know, they're they're kind of like the Hell's Angels of Glorantha, aren't they? You know, they're bad to <laughs> the bone. They ride around. They don't obey anybody else's laws. They do their own thing. They come and take your stuff. Um, and this is why, I, you know, and and yeah. they revel in the badness and the unpleasantness yeah. and everything else. And to me, that's that's great. You know, um, the Hell's Angels are giant flaming pigs. <laughs> My god now now
1: I, I want to have tusk riders like you know because they, they are wearing uh like leather yes. uh leather jackets like maybe uh, now I want my tusk riders to have like emblazed uh logos on their back now yeah. why not uh, they're <laughs> sitting on hogs anyway Yes,
2: exactly oh yeah <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. um and just because they're <laughs> ugly, violent, and short-lived doesn't mean they're stupid. You know what I mean? There's, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can. Uh, they yeah, can. Yeah. They do some good stuff. Uh, some good. <laughs> they good. They can be very effective.
1: Should we move on to how to use them in a the game, or yeah. do you have more deep lore, uh, obscure stuff, here? Uh
0: Well, uh, that thread I mentioned had had a very interesting idea for a long-term hero quest game. Yeah. Which was to try and reform the uh, task riders to uh, be, uh, come back to the nicer human form oh interesting <laughs> who who would want to do
1: that though as opposed to just kill them all
0: well, uh, well. someone who became a task rider by uh, accident
2: mm. cool. okay sure or, yeah. or if you know if you're facing if you're facing t- a task rider army in the field hey why not you know, <laughs> you know? <laughs>
1: So um yeah let's move on to uh using tusk riders in your game. So obviously they are used as uh you know wandering bad evil people that you can always um fight and kill. Is is like the tusk rider, just like the brew in Gloranta and is the best next thing to just like an evil monster that you can kill without remorse because like you you know everybody in glorentha has like you know a culture and some reasons like there's no pure evil in glorentha and like some other games but is is the tusk rider the best next thing to that
2: i think i think that i agree i mean, i'm on with your kid they, they are great um and uh, you know, it's in,
0: it's in the room quest rules really the uh, yeah. quest 2 and rune quest 1 already yeah. So um, I have I have to dig that up, but basically it says uh, in the description of Bruce uh, that they are even worse as uh, than the Tusk Riders.
2: So yeah, <laughs> yeah. Tusk Riders are evil, but they're not of chaos. So that's interesting. Um, as I said, they're like kind of like the Hell's Angels post-apocalyptic biker gang. They great you can use them as bad guys at a drop of a hat you don't have to unlike virtually everything else as we've said you don't have to justify them you don't have to spend 20 minutes um thinking about their perspective (laughs) they're here they're bad you're in your face they want to burn your house down um drag your kids off torch them to death and steal your magic um on the other hand one of my favorite TV shows was Sons of Anarchy and they are a biker gang on huge hogs. Yes. <laughs> so you can do stuff with them and they ain't, they don't have to be done. As I said, they can, they can have all kinds of different magic. They're ultimate hit and run artists. You should not throw them away. You know, they're not cannon fodder. Yeah. These guys aren't done, they're only in it for themselves. So yeah. And they're as
1: clever as any human. Yeah. Right? They have the same int. Yeah. Uh the, the one thing that they do not have is charisma. They yes. have a small charisma. So they're gonna lead.
2: Let's let's think about how that works as a war band. Okay, so you've got no charisma. So people are mm-hmm. gonna be following you as if you're the war leader of a war band out of sheer fear or because yeah. you're effective. Um, and because you keep them you know, so we're we're talking very much um, shades of, Mm -hmm. you know Hollywood pirates and things like that Um, the second you show signs of weakness as a leader you're gone Um, Mm -hmm. so now, how could you, as you say bright ones will will float to the top, you know, they're going to be if you're an effective warband leader and you survive for a fair while as a warband leader, that means you're probably pretty smart and pretty effective and pretty skilled, Mm -hmm. you've got great yeah. cavalry there they work very well on bad terrain through woods hit and run ambush tactics mm-hmm. you're going to target and look for magics that are going to be useful for you um yeah. so they're going to be using things like mobility they're going to be using stuff like uh, you know cast strength on your mount and do a charge but that's bad news if you get hit by a lance charge by uh, by a Tusker. sorry Aaron. um <laughs> <laughs> Yeah.
1: Um, that's yeah, actually, one, one thing that was interesting is that when I looked up <laughs> adventures that had Tusk Riders, yeah. you know, Borderlands, um, Snake by Apollo, Defending Apple Lane, they all give the Tusk Riders some decent tactics, actually. Yeah. So, for example, in Borderlands or, um, yeah, I think it's Borderlands, they explained that like a common tactic would be they charge while uh, casting magic. Yep. Yeah, yeah and for example they do some demoralize or some slow on one person and then they stick another one with the lens. they turn around they do the same on like the inverse people stick another person on the way back and then they go hide a bit and then they go it again a couple minutes later so you know your magic might only be valid for a couple charges, but then they come back a
2: few minutes later. So that's that's some good stuff. That, that is some good stuff. And that's very much how I use them. Um, I'll, I'll give away some secrets here. Um, you know, one of the things that you do is you're going to get hit and run tactics. So, you know, if you want to take on now, you're a dust, bunch of dust riders. You're interested in the tough people with interesting magic. Now, yes. yeah, the people. So what do you do? How do you draw them out? Well, you don't want to go find them. You want to bring them to you on your turf, preferably in a woodland mm-hmm. somewhere. Um, yeah. So um, burn down a stead. Um, torture some people. Take the kids. <laughs> take the kids off into the woods with yeah. them wave wait, wait of the of people band of heroes about to come after you right and you want to ambush those guys good because <laughs> you want their magic yeah. <laughs> and, and maybe yes. maybe you recruit a few you know um to, to, to you know turn them into dust riders baby
1: <laughs> you know that sort of thing yeah. and and good good dust riders will have a collection of tails and hands yeah. with really like any sort of magic in them so they could have any magic, really, because they just own the right hand. Yeah. So they're a bit of wild cards like that. Yeah. Uh, although it's interesting because uh, the rules about the limit of spirit magic have changed, yeah. famously enough, between the old uh, uh quest mm. and the new one. So technically, because they have very low charisma, they can't have a lot of uh, spirit magic to themselves, which is probably why they actually steal the magic from other people by binding them into their hands. So when you look at old stats, you have to figure out that probably half of that magic is actually in the hand yeah. or a tail and not uh, of them.
2: Which I think is a, a really elegant and great mechanic because it explains yeah. why they have to be this way. Yeah. You know, you're not going to reform them. <laughs> you know, yeah. it's, it's not going to happen. Short of you know some huge hero quest in the god time, you're not yeah. going to reform them. They are bad to the or bone. Or adopting yeah. one when they're
1: when he's still young or something. Yeah, but yeah. You know, and <laughs> yeah. I love I love that about them that yeah. they they get their magic by binding people into yeah. their severed limbs. So it's yeah. awesome. Yeah.
0: Adopting it. one while still young, uh, we have uh, seen uh, something like that uh, when in Deep Space n- uh, Nine. When they try to adopt a young jemadar, I haven't seen it. How does it go? Badly, I suppose. <laughs> well, uh, nature overcomes nurture.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, but anyway, um, yeah, Dom, you have uh, other tactics and, and stuff to yep. share.
2: They're incredibly mobile in forests, thanks to those eggs, um, which are uh, you know. So yeah. use hit and run tactics in there. As you said, um, you know they they know how long magic lasts. Um, Everyone does. So, you know, show up, make a big show. piss off, wait till the magic's gone. That works really well for them. Hit, hit you again. It,
1: it works well for them because, uh, if I remember correctly, when your magic comes out of your MP, so if you have to cast the same spell three times because they're waiting three times to charge you again two minutes later. Their magic actually comes from both them and their severed hands and all that. So they, on average, have more MPs to throw at the yes. battle than you.
2: Yeah, and remember that their their Tusker is also yeah. a bound thing, so they can use some of that, um, potentially. And also, they're going to... Um, these guys would be trample you. Trump, uh, yeah, which you know. But let's face it; it's it's big damage. Yes, and you know you've got uh, a strengthed um, mobile uh, mobile cast Tusker, potentially with damage boosting spells cast on it by them. You know they go for a knockback, knock you down, crunch, crunch, crunch. Yeah, there's all kinds <laughs> of things there that can happen that are really bad, yeah. especially yeah. if they start focusing their attacks. Um, yeah. And there's no reason why they shouldn't. These guys aren't dumb, so you know it's like we're going for them. Also, you know they are going to be working at stuff. The thing I've used is lassos and stuff like that, and you get dragged off by a giant <laughs> pig into the woods. It's not good. <laughs> it's not good.
1: Nice. <laughs> um, yeah, about the charge, like the the uh, charging attacks and all yeah. that. Uh, do you have any? tips for handling that with the RuneQuest quest rules like for example you know they charge and then they turn around in the forest and they charge again do you do you just hand wave that as it takes them a couple turns to i to come i back tend to hand wave
2: do i don't i don't get too heavily into that sort of um into the rules technicalities i'm much more about drama and storytelling you'd think i'd be a, uh you know i'd be um Less rules. I do like the crunch of inquest, but I do. I just have my yeah. and they'll just hit run and just keep going. Cool, you know. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. people yeah, may yeah. get a shot of them on the way back, on the way out, but that depends on what people are using. They are they're quite vulnerable to missile weapons um so they're going to be casting things like protection and stuff like that because they are quite vulnerable to archers. especially mm-hmm. and in apple lane it's almost perfect defense because you've got things like towers and things that will stop them which is great because you know in, in the defense of apple lane your newbie players would be taken apart otherwise um and that's a very RuneQuest thing is to adjust the tactics rather than mm-hmm. to adjust the balance of the monsters tip the hat to Jeff yes you, you know
1: Yeah, you, actually you, I had um, yeah. you, you know I was running a uh, a kids campaign and yeah. I had them actually encounter some Tusk Riders mm. uh, but not only I made them dumb yeah I also made them like they basically stumbled upon the remains of a Tusk Rider raid the day after yeah Uh, uh well just like a, a few hours after actually and so I also had it that the Tusk Rider had spent most of their magic yeah and so that's how the kids somehow survived and even managed to uh, land a few blows is because the tusk right like those tusk riders were dumb yeah. and they were out of most magic so you can also uh adjust yeah. with that
2: yeah you see now one of the things that i did in in my um campaign and we have various threads of campaign in Beard with teeth. And that for a while I was r- running one in parallel to main game and characters cross back and forth and did things like that. But one of the ones that I had is I ran a sequel to defensive Apple lane where uh, the sister of the leader of the Tusk riders comes back and she's a war leader of her own, uh, Volition, and a Rune Lord. Mm-hmm. And um, and she's out. Not especially for vengeance. Um, in the defensive apple lane, the, the leader of the Tusk Riders escaped in, in the game that I ran. Um, but quite a few of his, his minions got trashed. So he loses status. He's no longer a leader. And he joins up with his sister's warband. She's not particularly interested in getting vengeance uh, for him because she doesn't care. Because, you know, she doesn't care about his loss of status. But... Interesting set of heroes. Who knows where they are, and they're tied to defending. And so, you know, burn a stead down, draw the heroes out from their defenses, draw them into the woods where you've set up booby traps, um, and you set up safe pathways and things, and and draw the players in. And it's a, you know, a small band of dust riders can give you a really hard time. And um, you know, if you're charging up a hill following a couple of dust riders, and there's a bunch of dust riders at the top of the hill with um, fallen trees and rocks and boulders and pigs to push them. It can be a really bad time. <laughs> um, you know, if you're sort of coming up a hill, and there's just riders throwing gavelins down at you and there's boulders coming down at you. That's a bad time. And then you get to the top <laughs> and they've all disappeared. They've all legged it. You pull, you pull your magics up, you charge in, uh, where do they go? Somewhere else. <laughs> you know, <laughs> they're somewhere away with far cast going, <laughs> <laughs> okay. So <laughs> somebody start counting. Um, <laughs> Yeah. and then you get the
0: old uh, joke of uh, it's a trap there's two of them yes
2: exactly um, <laughs> and as my players found out who were pretty powerful players um, you can still get one-shotted by a tusk tusk rider or their mount fairly easily yeah. it, I mean it's it, rune quest we can always get one-shotted yeah. by anything yeah but you know you, you take a, a trample to the head and that's you know it's yeah. uh, um, you take a trample anywhere and that's it. Yeah, that's that's it. So um, <laughs> they're, they're, they're bad news. Um, so, you know, it's a really good guy to use. And, they, and they, you know, players can often underestimate them and that's always good. That's always good fun.
1: <laughs> yes. So in terms of where we find them, of course, we can find them pretty much anywhere. But usually they make camp... Either for a temporary camp or because they actually want to settle down uh, somewhere. Usually they take up, um, some ruins or pre-existing building. The stereotypical Tusk Rider camp is probably the ruined tower. Yeah. That, uh, yeah. you find in, in the Borderlands. There is a mention
0: that sometimes they build their own stuff, uh, but that's rare. Well, actually, they can be quite useful. They may take over the tower from some other evil. Like an old vampire or a couple of rules. <laughs> <laughs> well, although sometimes they just make friends with whatever is
1: there and they just divide the tower in two. Uh, there is one scenario where there's that. <laughs> I suppose like a, a simple adventure is also Tusk Riders are setting up in the old ruins of... Uh, yeah. They might even like raid a farm, like an isolated stead, yep. uh, just to get rid of the people there and yeah. settle down there. Oh,
2: or get so. rid of them and kidnap them and torture them. And, you know, so at that point, you know, your players have got a motive, especially if they, if they're, you know, let's face it, we're going to have a lots of fans of Apple Lane. that are going to be defending their turf around that area out <laughs> there in the world. which is, you know, thanks to that one scenario. And then Tusk Riders can be a recurring bad guy. And yeah. um the way yeah. the original Apple Lane stuff very much had a wild west theme. Now I don't, want to encourage that too much because we're, you know, we're we're into this Bronze Age thing. But there is the the archetype that um if you're a tusk rider, warband band leader and you want to make a name for yourself. Well, you know, if you could raise Apple Lane, that would be, you know, and especially yeah. if this keeps happening, then, you know, you can get the the, the old yeah. gunfighter syndrome that um, the fate of Apple Lane is like, sir, yeah. Tusk Riders on the horizon. Yeah. What, again? Well,
0: <laughs> if, know, if, like... if, we're talking, if we're talking about standard boons, how would you square off the Hippogriff Riders against Tusk Riders?
2: Yeah, Now, that's an interesting point. Um, <laughs> uh, <laughs> slow's a good one. From Net's you know they ain't dumb um and into the woods into the woods with you you know and then you've got your flying hippogriffs yeah okay but there's there's tusk riders in the woods how do you, you know you, you've got to go in after them um yeah they're most
1: comfortable in the forest so yeah in the Your hippogriffs are not going to be of very much use there, unless you carpet bomb the forest with
2: fire. Um, Well, it's interesting. If you go to the stinking forest, then there's a lot of weird stuff that's gone on there with fights between uh, trolls, um, elves, dwarves, the stinking forest, there's a lot of spider activity in those areas and things so you've got all kinds of interesting things there, um and it's the sticky river and things like that so you know if if you get too far into there with your hippogriffs you've got to get gummed up uh and that's something that test riders would take advantage of and would know about and would lead you into you know it's yeah so that that's an interesting thing
1: there's uh There's another thing that I want to mention is that. In some ways, like Jörg was saying, they have some parallels with fraction tribes in that, for example, the ivory plinth is mentioned to be empty most of the time and they yeah. only go back there for important ceremonies. So a bit like, you know, the fractions only go back to some uh, sacred yeah. uh, grounds or to the paps only uh, once in a while. And because... The Tusk Riders have some history dating back to at least the Second Age. They might have a bunch of other temples lying around. Yep. And so, um you know what happens when you realize that uh, that weird thing that is in the forest next door is actually a very old temple trying to the... Cult of the uh, Bloody Tusk. And some Tusk Riders who raided your farm recently realized that, and now they're coming back in force because, yeah,
0: that's a a nice shrine they can use. Yeah. So, yeah. It it can be easier than that. You just take the Broken Tower. Yeah. It's an earth temple, and the uh, Tusk Riders are earth cultists. It's true to some degree, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) They would be perfectly fine aligning a certain uh, deity there. Yeah, it's
1: a a tower. They love towers, as we said. Yeah,
0: so um, you can reuse that uh, location easily without having to do much and have it as a task writer base.
1: I already liked a lot the Broken Tower scenario, so you're just making it even better. Um,
2: I, I almost drowned three times in succession, you know, <laughs> It <was just laughs> bouncing off the floor in the Broken Tower. Um, yeah, uh, which, which, which ties into the whole trap nature thing that I was talking about. But um, yes, it's, um, it's one of those things, isn't it? They're bad guys, and once, once they set up camp, they're going to be building traps, Taking advantage of ruins, raiding your area—they're mm-hmm. just—they're like you know they its like yeah, it's like having a, a a bad biker gang move in down the road. It's—it's it's not good news. There is nothing good about this. <laughs>
1: I mean, you can also have some test Riders that are slightly less bad, but still bad. Like, you know, they can still ask for protection money. Yep. Uh, they can still capture people and ransom them back if they don't seem to have interesting magic or whatever. So you, you could still get somebody back. As, as
2: I said, it, it's like having a Hell's Angels biker gang moving down the road. <laughs> they, they aren't necessarily just going to yes. be doing torture and kill, but they're also going to be doing smuggling and doing other things, yeah. hiring out as mercenaries generally up to no good you know and it's just it's just it's just the um it's just the pigs having fun you know um, yeah yeah, yeah.
1: okay do we have anything else on using tusk riders in games
2: uh, i think the element we talked about in the, that they are bound or they gain power by torture that's the interesting dilemma that you can have is that, um, say, you get raided and they've, you know, before you have even got there, they've taken prisoners and dragged them off and that forces players. I find that players in Marine Quest, as with Cthulhu and a lot of D100, you know, a lot of blp based games, can be quite cautious and they'll be like, okay, let's not go and face the big bad just yet. Let's do X, let's do Y, let's, let's power up. No, no, this forces your hand or it leaves you with a really interesting moral dilemma or make you look bad in front of your people and also there's that dilemma of you know um of what happens if the catch of players and then even if you're not going to talk your players on camera which you, you may not want to do um for perfectly good reasons there is that threat and drama and you know it really um can Introduce that element of horror and risk into a game where um, RuneQuest, being quite a, a fantasy based game, can be a bit missing. You know, it's like, um, you know, in Lord of the Rings, for example, yeah, you might be worried that the, the orcs are going to eat your hobbit friends that have been captured, but it isn't really there because it's not, you know, you, it's not going to happen in that game. But in RuneQuest, they absolutely will torture and take your hand, you know. And, um, your players may not want to the idea of their healer being captured and taken uh taken off to be tortured for their healing magic or whatever no um, no, for the sleep spell yeah, yeah for the sleep spell you know do you really <laughs> want a bunch of dust riders for sleep spells because that would be bad <laughs> <laughs> you know um all these sort of things are real motivators on players um it's it's a bit like some of the things with brew without the body horror necessary so they're, they're really useful yeah. Um, as a GM, as a tool. Yeah.
0: There's okay. another possibility we, uh, which we haven't considered yet uh, because they are a playable race. Yeah, absolutely so. They are a playable race. Um, Would you play them though? <laughs> uh, depends on the scenario and the campaign, but yes, in an Argress campaign, I might play one.
2: I'd be interested in... It's an interesting way. If, if you go into a full Cult of the Bloody Tusk, you know, it can be fun playing bad guys. Um, we know that. My cat's just a Um, It can be fun playing bad guys, but if, you, if you're if you getting into players that are obliged to torture other people, that becomes a bit problematic for a lot of players. Yes. Um, yeah. And that's something that, you know, you want to think about whether you want to go that way. But, you know, it's not, it's not something that other, you know, game systems haven't dealt with. I mean, you know, Vampire was incredibly popular, and let's face it, you were you were feeding on people. So, yeah.
1: Yeah. although arguably Vampire is indeed about controlling the beast inside, the test riders don't show any signs of wanting to to avoid their. Uh, psychopathic tendencies. Uh, uh, yeah. As far as I can tell, they love it. I mean, one, their passions, when you look at their passions in the bestiary, uh, what is it?
2: I think it is uh love causing pain and hate anything. <laughs> yeah. And and so, you know, um as I said, I've mentioned Sons of Anarchy already tonight, which is basically Hamlet writ large. Could you run a campaign based off being a war band? Yes, you could. You'd have to do it quite cautiously in my mind otherwise it, it could become just unpleasant you know what i mean it could just become a really nasty thing but done with the right brush yeah sure why not
1: and on the other hand if your players are captured by the tusk riders what kind of interesting stuff can you do like we already talked about you know they're thrown in a pit with a Tusker and they have to fight it barehanded, and then interesting things happen if they win. Yeah. Um, what What else or what What happens?
0: Yeah. Uh, well, uh, they probably will do that in a sanctified area, so you can't be eye out of that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Jurg is thinking about his uh, munchkin players already.
2: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm, my shaman's pretty much a munchkin character. We, we generally have one in each thing, and it's often the person who GMs other sessions because, of course, they know the rules. And, know those <laughs> and, and also, they, they almost feel honor bound um, to make the other GM's life hard uh, in a funny way. Um, yeah, there, there's that threat there. I find it more interesting it do, to do it using that threat against people that the player characters care about, but not them i i find that more motivating because yeah. a player is often willing to sacrifice themselves or go oh, okay i'm dead but whether it, you know if if it's the the daughter of the chieftain or whatever then uh or if it's you know the young farmhand good-looking farmhand that they have been bringing on then i i find that's more emotive but i think that's they're, they're all useful things. You can also have like little simple things like, Do you do deals with them? You know, okay, so um sixteen twenty-five, say there's a or sixteen twenty-six, lunar counterattacks are coming. Um, Tush Rider band shows up and says, Will you hire us? We only want <laughs> and of course they want blood or they want crops, you know, or they want something that you're gonna need that winter. And there's dilemma, do you deal with these these? Yeah, possibly have been raiding you for the last two or three seasons, but now they're offering to fight for you for the right price. Do you take them up? Will they betray you? When yeah. will they betray and, you?
1: And there and there's some something interesting um to me in the sense that, you know, you've you've been fighting those Tusk riders for the past few seasons or years, but now you've got a bigger problem, you know, for example the lunar's yeah. counterattacking. Are you going to, you know, possibly uh, betray some of your principles by saying, "Okay, yeah, no, we're gonna hire up the Tusk Riders and, yeah. and give them a bunch of our lunar prisoners to torture and look the other way." But we, you know, we need the we
2: need the manpower. One of the one of the little gems I dropped into um, Defenders of Apple Lane, uh, and this I'd modified for my campaign, is they had newly minted Tash Lunar coins on them. So uh, there was a thing that they, they weren't mes- necessarily just motivated to come down because of Red Eye, um, but possibly they'd been hired by Lunar Stroke Tarsh to raid into Sartre. And that sort of thing you can put on them, and this was newly minted coins of argentis or um with head on them, and it's like, okay, that was their first thing that maybe the lunars are behind this is that, that maybe they're using mercenaries? Mm-hmm. you know go raid
0: yeah i like i I like that Well, the the starter said uh, says something like that, yeah,
2: so uh you can do things like that sending Tusk riders out to raid or the lunars is a tactic, and you can use it too, so that's one of the things is you know one of the Beer with Teeth home campaigns made a large portion of okay, the Dragon Rise has happened and you've got um a very able lunar commander in Tash. It's like, okay, what the heck do I do now? And the answer is, well, we've got to set the saturates fighting each other or dealing with raids or and so you get sort of very much like the coders, you get lunar special operations groups going out to try and cause trouble and stir things up to stop Kalia and later on Lechia and, and other from from unifying. So, you know, there's a whole brush war fight of, or you can do around that, and Tusk Riders will feature heavily, possibly on both sides. You know, they, they're these yeah. great <laughs> amoral mercenaries that don't care which side they're on, you know, they can be on either both. You <laughs> know, <laughs> yeah. So, nice.
0: use, cool. use yeah, that's stuff. awesome. Yeah. And of course, neither of those sides is really unified. No, exactly. So, so you can hire them to take out a rival if
2: you're in the Luna camp or if you're in the Satellite camp. Yeah, absolutely. And and if touch did it, well, you know, that's not that's not on you. Who knew that? And of course there's, you know, um if we're talking the classic sixteen twenty-five campaign now, um, you've got rival clans out there and hiring Tush to take them out, or maybe they've hired them to take you out or at least cause you a bit of grief, that's um it's all deniable, isn't it? So that's that's all good stuff and always interesting.
1: Okay, we are running out of time. So well, I think we've bored people enough now. <laughs> <laughs> no, you already made that joke. You can't do it twice. Well, that's boring. Uh-huh. Uh, <laughs> okay. Well, um, thanks a lot, Dom, for spending time with us talking about nasty, nasty things. It's, yeah, it's great. I love Tusk writers.
2: They're great. Cool.
1: Yeah. And I hope we made people love them as much as we do or hate them <laughs> <laughs> or hate I mean yeah it's it's obviously uh, uh, love them as a game master and hate them as a player <laughs>
2: yeah, absolutely
1: thank you for listening to this episode of the God Learners our website is godlearners.com where you can find episodes newsletters and articles about Glorantha reach us via email at collective at or via twitter or facebook at the God Learners. For any questions or feedback, we are the God-Learners. Question everything to the void and beyond.